This week's Hubcast guest had oodles of styling experience in her career working with brands like Harvey Nicks and Harrods. Let's find out how she made the leap into a career in interior design. Welcome to the Hubcast, brought to you by the Interior Designers Hub, where we help and support interior designers to get trained, get into the industry, and to grow wildly successful businesses. If you want to work in the field you love, create the lifestyle you desire, and make the money you truly deserve, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kate Hatherall. Let's get into it. Today in the Hubcast, we are talking to Holly Scott of Holly Scott Interior Design. Hi, Holly. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Kate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the Hubcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's very exciting. (laughs) It is exciting. And what I'm also excited about is to hear all about your business and how you got to where you are today, because I know that you've got a really successful business and you do the most beautiful design. So I'm sure that people will be desperate to know how you got to where you are today. So can you tell us a little bit about your business? What do you do? Um, Yes. So my little quote, should I say, is um, I really believe that Uh, if you have a happy home, then you're a happy person. So happy homes make happy people. Um, And I help all sorts of people at different levels. So either um, helping somebody with some help and advice through an interior design consultation where I go for two hours or virtually or in their home, help them kind of nail down their paint colours, some do some sourcing for furniture, choose wallpapers, whatever it may be. It really, really varies. A lot of people like help with layout as well. Um, And off the back of that, I have set up an online course this year because there's so many people out there that want to do it themselves and need that help, usually through a consultation. But there's only one of me, so I can't get out and I wanted to help more people. So I've created a course called Happy Home Design which is for people who want to design their own home, but need some help and support along the way. So that's really exciting. And then I also offer um, interior design. So somebody that wants a room designing through to a full house. And I've been working on quite a few um, full house renovations recently. So either they've moved or we're knocking some walls through um, and designing kind of multiple rooms or the full house um, to make it into a home that they love and that reflects them and their personality and their style as well. Absolutely. I know you do quite a bit of styling work as well, um, you know, bringing it all together at the end of the project as well. I find that really important because that's part of where I've come from, if that makes sense. So for me, when I design a room, I don't just design kind of the wall colour and the layout. I source the furniture, I source the cushions, I source the artwork, the mirrors, all the finishing touches, because I think it's really important that in my in my view, that's how you pull a room together and make it look really good is by pulling all the finishing touches and the styling. So, yes, I, that's also included. Yeah. And um, you mentioned there about kind of, you know, that's a, a special thing for you. That's kind of your USP in, in many ways. So do you have a background in styling? Yes. So before having children and before taking this journey, um, I used to work in London in retail. So I did window dressing at Harrods, but I also actually my role in Harrods was split. I also did some graphic design work, which was I don't know if you know or people know, but Harrods sell their windows as marketing space to different brands within the store. And so. 
at the time, I think it's probably all of them now, but at the time, the main Knightsbridge, you know, front windows of Harrods were sold to brands. Um, but I worked in the creative department where we kind of designed the scheme that was running through the windows, but marketing sold the windows. So I was that person that met up with the brand and marketing as well as creative to tell them, well, this is the theme that's running through. Um, what is it you want to advertise in the window? And I would then design a window for them, bringing the two together. Um, but I'd also go into the windows and physically dress and style them. Um, and then I also uh, I worked at Harvey Nichols for a bit. That was doing the interiors and the windows. Um, and then before having babies, I worked at Ralph Lauren in all their London stores. And actually, I helped in the Milan store as well. And again, every room as such in the different stores are designed around the collection of clothes. So every time a new collection of clothes came in, we changed everything in that room from the rugs on the floor to the artwork on the walls to the props. And then we'd style the mannequins as well. So there was a bit of fashion kind of styling in there as well, but it was everything. And then obviously you have the home department in Ralph Lauren as well. So every time a new home collection would come in, we'd go in and kind of redo the room sets and, and style it all. So, yes, it does that answer your question. <laughs> what amazing um, kind of grounding for you to later, you know, help you in your career in interior design, which, you know, makes total sense that styling is such a USP for you as well with that background. Hmm. Well, it's always interesting. I think I always like to find out other people's stories of where they've got to what they're doing. Um, and I actually studied mixed media textiles at university, but never wanted to study fashion. But okay. weirdly, I ended up working kind of in fashion, but a more kind of hands-on 3D creative vibe, if that makes sense. Um, Tell me a little bit about um, mixed media textiles. What does that mean? Well, actually, at the time, it was called decorative artefacts. But people used to think that was archaeology or something, so they changed the name. Um, but it was... I really loved doing freehand machine embroidery. That was kind of my thing at uni, but it was making objects or decorative things, I suppose, um, using fabrics and different materials. Um, and actually I always wanted to create something um, that had a talking point and had a purpose. So I made vases out of denim and, and random things like that. And I made a, um, like a big screen, a room screen, which was actually, that was kind of a ski theme. So I made the poles out of ski poles um, and used kind of wax and fabric and embroidery and all sorts. So yes, quite, I've always been creative and, you know. Yeah, so always, it sounds as though you've always had that creative kind of leaning throughout everything that you've done really. And so at what point did you decide that, you know, you were going to leave that behind and that you were going to switch to interior design? Was it a gradual thing or was there a sort of light bulb moment that made you realise that this is what you wanted to do? No, it was actually probably quite a gradual thing. So we moved out of London when I was pregnant with our eldest, who's now 11. Gosh, time goes fast. Um, and I knew I didn't want to go back to working in retail because, you know, at this time of year, you'd be working through the night to hang Christmas garlands through Bond Street and decorate Christmas trees and things. You had to do that when the stores were closed. And I think I'd always wanted to work for myself. Um, so I knew I didn't want to go back to that. And so while I was on maternity leave, I set up actually a business called HH Styling, um, which was uh, event styling, 
because I actually grew up in a wedding venue. So oh, my dad has a wedding venue and I had styled the venue for different events and parties and weddings and things. And I thought, oh, that sounds quite fun. But if you have children, you'll know that actually having a baby is quite hard work and <laughs> having trying to do everything for a business and get your name out there and actually be able to work flexibly around being a mum just didn't really happen. So I didn't really push it. Um, and then actually I came across a jewellery company called Stella and Dot, which is a network marketing company. I fell in love with the jewellery and I decided to join the company for the jewellery. I didn't know that seven years later I was going to have built it into a really successful business. Um, so that was really fun. I guess that was my fashion fix. That was my people, you know, going out and it worked really well around being a mum with little babies and children because I tended to go out in the evenings and have a bit of fun, show the jewellery, style some ladies and come back. Um, so I loved that, but it wasn't being creative. And I did redo my HH styling website to be more interiors based because I thought actually it'd be quite nice to help people with their homes. You know, that was just a thought process I'd gone along. Then um, they actually pulled their European business, Stella and Dot pulled the European business and I was a bit like, oh gosh, what am I going to do? Because that's what I'd known and it was flexible and it was just, it, it was great. Um, and everybody who knew me said, you need to use your creativity again. You need to do something with your styling. You need to do something with interiors. And I was like, yes, I probably do. Because at this point, both my girls were at school. Um, so I did have more time. But um, I kind of then found another jewellery business because that's what I'd known. Yes. Um, and it was that comfort thing, I think. So I was trying to do both alongside each other. So I, you know, I was networking with interiors, but really... That was all I was doing. I wasn't really marketing it because I didn't really know how. And I was a little bit nervous to let go of the jewellery business because I built a network of women that like to buy jewellery. Um, then we went into lockdown. Right. And it didn't feel well, we, we didn't know what was going on. Like COVID hit and no one knew what was going on. It was uncertain. And it kind of felt wrong to be trying to sell jewellery. I mean, I was saying to people, you know, you need to dress this part of you for your Zoom calls which you do, but um, it just didn't feel right. And a couple of things clicked into place. So I had a call actually with a lady who I'd met through networking, who was a career change coach. And she said to me, well, I said, well, I'm kind of doing jewelry and interiors. Does that make sense? Because actually, if you look at my past and the fact I've come from that, it, to me, it makes sense. And she just kind of said to me, well, what's the dream? And I said, to be living in a really big house and being really successful. And she said, can you get that from your jewellery? And I was like, no, probably not. And she said, can you get it from interior design? I was like, yes, I think I probably could. And then the same week, you, Kate, were running your, I, it must have come up on my Facebook, your interior design challenge. And I was like, oh, that looks fun. Let me do that. And it was when we were trying to homeschool the children. And so I, the only time I had for me, was doing that challenge and I realized I didn't miss the jewelry yeah. so that was a massive aha moment for me and then having a chat with you afterwards because I was like should I do a diploma and I was like do I need to do a diploma because actually my background is designing spaces and then you told me about the interior designers hub and the fact it was 
all of the business training to set up an interior design business. And that's what I was lacking confidence with. I knew I could go and design a house, a room, whatever, but I didn't know how to market myself as an interior designer. I didn't know how to work out my pricing, my packages. I was just lost with that side. And yes, I had, I knew how to run a business because I'd done it with a jewelry business, but it was, I think that mindset of, oh, well, I've never done it for interiors. So how do I do that? And then I followed the training through the hub and literally it's the best thing I've ever done because that gave me the confidence and the knowledge of the back end of running an interior design business. And I rebranded then to be Holly Scott Interior Design, redid my website, started marketing, started putting my name out there. People I knew through networking could then see that I was actually, you know, putting stuff out there about interiors. So they kind of understood what I did. And it just grew, I mean, mainly in the first year through my networking because we weren't going out and seeing people. And I did a lot virtually and it's just grown and grown ever since. So it's been an amazing journey and I'm so excited to be where I am now. Amazing. And I know, you know, you're you're always really busy. You've got all of the clients coming in and, you know, the work that you produce is beautiful. I'm sure people will be heading over to your Instagram account and having a look at um, some of the wonderful work that you do. What I'm really interested in, though, Holly, is that, I mean, you have got oodles of experience, um, you know, all of that stuff. I mean, people would die to have that sort of job and that sort of experience where they're dressing windows in Harrods and Harvey Nicks and all of these amazing places. And yet and yet you were still feeling unconfident to go out there and set up your business. And we see this with almost everybody that comes into our community, um, that there is always this thing that kind of seems to hold us back and make us feel that we're not able to do it. Mm. It's just having having the support and the knowledge of, it's just someone holding your hand, isn't it? And telling you, well, this is what you want. And this is what you need to do for the business side of things. Because actually, once you have the confidence and the knowledge in how to work out your pricing, how to do this, then it gives you the confidence to just go out and do it. I mean, I like to, if I put my head to something, I'm like, right, I'm going to do it and I want to do it well. That's just kind of in my personality, really. Um, but I do, you know, I, I actually, there's a new school mum. My eldest has just started secondary school and she used to work for an interior designers and she's now doing something else and she doesn't really love it. And she said, oh, I'm I'm going for an interview for another job. I said, is it interior design? She said, no. And I said, I said, you need to join the interior designers hub and you just need to set up your own business. <laughs> and oh. I'm still working on her <laughs> because, because I said, I said, you can do it. And it's often that it is that mindset and that self-belief, I think. And she said, well, I don't know if I can earn the money from it. I said, you absolutely can. Um, and it's just having that belief. And I think that little bit of bravery to just, just do it. You, we only live once. You spend most of your time doing your work. You should love what you do. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, um, you know, I think that thing as well that holds people back is that fear of, am I going to make enough money doing this? And people will look and they think, well, I can only charge a client a certain amount and that's not going to be enough to replace my income. But in fact, you know, and as we're seeing through the Hubcast as well with interviews with people, there are all sorts of ways that you can make money in interior design. I mean, you've listed out there a range of services that you do. You've also added in your course that you were talking about as well. So there are different ways that you can diversify as well and bring other income streams into the business. Yeah. And also, I think you just have to be 
and it does take a while, but to be confident in what you do and actually follow a pricing structure that works for you and your experience of what you offer that does make you actually earn the money that, yeah. that you're worth, if that makes sense. It's that yeah. self-worth and self-belief, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes with time and experience. Um, but also, as you say, with having that support around you, cheerleading you on and making you feel that you can do it as well. Yeah. So um, were there certain things that, you know, held you back? So you've talked about kind of, you know, that fear of confidence and the know-how. Did, how did you obviously and you mentioned about the support of the hub, but how did you overcome that to be able to go, right, OK, I'm doing this. I'm going to make this work and I'm going to go out, you know, your first consultation or whatever. How did you get over that sort of initial fear? That's a really good question and I don't know how to answer it. Um, do you remember your first consultation? I'm just trying to think back to it now. Yeah, I remember the first. Well, yeah, they were all virtual. They were all on Zoom yeah. and actually they'd been people who I'd met through kind of through networking. I kind of just approach, I just like to get to know people. And so actually I don't think I was too nervous about that side of things because I am a people person and, so, and I, you know, have my questions that I ask people and I know that if they answer those questions and tell me how they want to use their space and how they want to feel in their home and what they love and what they hate and just having a process that I've put in place it can't go wrong I've said that now touch wood <laughs> um, so and just being open with people and having conversations with people it everyone's human so if you make a mistake you you know it I think it's just about just looking at people as they're all people. We're all people. And what's the worst that can happen? It's about relationships, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, lots of people coming into the industry worry about, you know, the design aspect of it. But I do think that increasingly, you know, I see that it's more about people and about relationships than it is actually about the design at the end of the day. It's about making, you know, creating those feelings in people about the environment in which they live which of course ties into you know sort of the ethos of what you were talking about with your course as well about creating those happy environments for people yes i think so and i think you i definitely have found that you get a gut feeling about your clients as well so there was one client i went to and i had a consultation with them and it was fine and then her husband came in and he was really rude really rude and I came away feeling like there's no way I'm going to work with them. And I said to my husband, he's, and funny, thankfully they didn't come back and want any design work, but if they had, I would have had to make up my excuses because I couldn't have worked with them. And I think it's really important that you work with people that also appreciate what you do and know you for you. But I also think, you know, there's so many interior designers out there. We're all different. We all have our own thing. We all have our own style. And if you're putting your work out there visually and you're putting yourself out there as a person as well, then hopefully you will attract the right client for you because they like what you do or they like your person. And, you know, we, people buy from people. So, yeah, very much what you're saying. I think it is actually hugely about relationships and the right people. So, 
I think you just have to have the confidence in yourself that, you know, you're going to attract the right people. Absolutely. And looking back on your kind of whole journey from, you know, what you used to do to where you are today, um, how do you feel about what you do now? Is this um, your home? Is this the right place for you? I love it. I wouldn't. I think the journey and the path has led me to where I am now. Uh, I wouldn't change it for the world. I have always I want to work for myself because I, the satisfaction, everything about it, but mainly to have the flexibility around my girls. Um, I, my why is my why for running my own business and doing what I do is to be a mum that's around for my children and to be able to pick them up when, you know, at school pick up and to be able to, I don't know, go to the school plays and do this and that, you know, my eldest has got an inset day tomorrow. So I'll, probably not be doing a huge amount of work tomorrow because I'll be doing stuff with her. But that is why I work for myself. So I have that flexibility and working for yourself, you can kind of have that flexibility and work when you want and earn what you want. And yes, and I love designing and being creative and being around people and making people happy so there's nothing I would really change <laughs> so you know what you do now draws together all of those things so in previous you know jobs you may have been able to tick one of those boxes or another of those boxes but this really brings together everything that you want into one place yeah I mean I've loved actually everything that I've done job wise throughout life but I was brought up my dad always said to me you need to have a job that you love doing and that makes you happy because that's your life. And it is so true. And I say that to my girls as well. Um, but the fact, and I've loved everything I've done and the path has very much led me to where I am now. And it's just fabulous. I love it. Amazing. I love it. And I love that you love it as well. Um, so in, in terms of the journey that you've been on, do you think that um, you, you would want to change anything about that journey? Like, would you have wanted to go into interior design earlier, for example? Or do you feel that the way that the journey's unfolded has just kind of brought you to where you are and that you're, you know, that that's as it should be? That's a good question. I am a believer that everything happens for a reason. So I would say I'm happy at when I've started focusing on this, yes, maybe I would have loved to have done it earlier, but would it have worked realistically around having younger kids? Probably not, probably. So actually I think the timing for this has been great. And I think everything I've done has helped me in one way or another, even like the jewelry business. You may think jewelry is not part of it, but actually the business side and the confidence and the leadership skills I learned through that business have helped me with this business so I think would I change anything no, really not. maybe having the confidence and having found you a bit earlier would have been great <laughs> but you know I couldn't have done it without the interior designers help amazing Holly, thank you so much for coming and sharing your journey today. It's been absolutely fascinating hearing about, you know, the journey that you've been on. And I'm sure there are loads of people out there that are like, oh, my God, what amazing jobs you've had over the years. Um, before you go, would you be willing to play a game of designer this or that with me? Of course. It sounds great fun. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to put a minute on the clock um, and we I will ask you pairs of items and you just tell me which one you would prefer. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's go. 
Scandy or boho? Scandy. Spots or stripes? Stripes. Maximalist or minimalist? Oh, that's hard. Well, maximalist, but not as you would think. (laughs) I've written a blog on that, actually. (laughs) What did you say? Sorry, dark or light? Dark or light. Light. Neutral or colourful? Colourful. Blinds or curtains? Blinds. Formal or casual? How am I going between? Casual. Casual. New or recycled? It's probably the wrong answer, but new. Leather or vegan? Oh, leather. Brand paints or colour matched? Oh, brand paints. Faux plants or real plants? A mixture. Faux. (laughs) Plumping cushions or karate chopping cushions? Oh, karate chop. (laughs) Ah, there we go. We are out of time and you have survived the one minute designer this or that. (laughs) Thank you. Ollie, thank you so much for coming in today and sharing your journey. We really appreciate it. And I know that there are lots of people that are going to, you know, take inspiration from what you've shared with us today. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Thank you for tuning into Hubcast by the Interior Designers Hub. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please take a screenshot and share it to Facebook, Instagram, or your favorite social media channel. Make sure to tag me in at Interior Designers Hub and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode. I reply to each and every comment. I'd also like to offer you an incredible free gift, which is going to show you the exact roadmap that you need to take to become a wildly successful interior designer. It shares our secrets to business success. If you'd like to get your hands on that, head on over to interiordesignershub.co.uk forward slash roadmap right now. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.